Hey everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL Show. Uh, it's April, it's draft month. We are live on the 28th of April for Draft Night Live. Let's see who can stay awake the longest. Looking forward to that. Hard to believe, boys, we're four weeks out from the NFL Draft. We're presented by Trust Gaming, Mini Arcade Systems, and also the Arlingus College Football Classic. Uh, loads of people asking us on Twitter over the last few weeks when the tickets are going on sale. They're on sale at the end of this month, the day after the first round of the draft. You can get more information on April 29th, collegefootballireland.com. Check our socials for any pre-sales or links that are going to go up at some point over the next few weeks. Looking forward to it, lads, under 150 days to that game. And talking about kicking off, talking about football, uh, delighted to be joined by the lads. As always, Colin Cronin, Brown O'Leary, Mark Cockerell, back from his long holiday. Lads, Colin, uh, how's the form? Good? Good, yeah. Like, um, it's... Our, our friend Paul Paps put up a, a tweet earlier in the week where he chronicled what has happened just in the, the last month alone. And he talked about how one month ago, um, or, you know, you had basically uh, Russell Wilson was a Seahawk and um, the next person we're going to talk to uh, was the head coach and Tom Brady had still retired. Um, it's worth looking. He had to go through three tweets uh, in order to uh, encompass everything that has happened in uh, in the month. We talk a lot about the uh, the new normal. I'm wondering, is this the new normal for an NFL offseason from here on in? Never mind the free agency period. It's over. It's draft season. Brian. Brian, I'm gonna make a bold prediction to you. I think it dies now. I think that's it. I think we're calm. Just I think that's it. I'm gonna be the born person to go. I it's all happening. It's all over the draft. I'm only joking. I, I, no, I'm I, think, I think you're kind of right. I think what will happen now is everybody will focus on the draft and whatever player gets their deal will probably like to get it after the draft and teams don't get what they want on the night. But uh, I can't wait for draft night. I love I love it every year. Last year's one was really good. Five hour show. Delight we're doing it again. I won't be able to make Colm Squirm at the ninth pick this year, unfortunately, because he's given that away. But I still look, it's always a very entertaining night and I, I really can't wait for it. And Mark, we're doing the draft live from your house behind that background there. Good to have you back on the show again, Mark. It's been a while, I think, uh, it's, well, four months to this weekend since we've talked about the Patriots. Uh, looking forward to hearing what they've been up to in the free agency market on the offensive side of the ball. How are you? The Patriots were still involved in football in January, Michael, but they've been quieter in free agency, obviously. Everybody um, was. That's the point. Everybody was. I've got I've been on the show. I've had a few barbs about Russell Wilson already. It's it's good. I can't wait. I can't wait for the season to kick off. But actually, I mean, Brian just saying it's draft season. Look, again, we know the NFL is the behemoth in the room, but look at the entirety of the American media landscape right now. September to February is wall to wall with NFL. March is now just taken over by NFL uh, free agency. And April is taken over by the NFL draft, the build-up, the actual awareness of it in relation to it. August is going to be all about preseason. So what? They've got left to conquer. May, June, and July? I think they'll find a way to do that at some point. Or maybe we'll just get a bit of a break at some point. It's been absolutely bizarre. It has been an episode of Madden. You're playing Madden and making your dream teams across the board. Um, well... The Dolphins are trying to anyway. You know, obviously your Broncos have been trying to. It's just been great crack. And it's still been continuing this week. So, you know, never ends. Never ends, Michael. I remember sitting in LA um, in February joking, I'm going to chill for the next six weeks. And I haven't chilled yet. So I'm hoping to chill 
on the 1st of May at some point. Uh, great couple of months, great few weeks in the NFL. Uh, I want to publicly, just on behalf of all of us, thank the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for deciding to uh, just, you know, for, forego time difference and announced that Bruce Arians was retiring or moving into a senior role in the organization. Uh, Todd Bowles takes over as head coach, five-year deal, new deal for him. Um, Tampa Bay have their long-term man. Colin, was this in the plan for uh, their quarterback who came back from retirement? Um, I assume this was been a bit like the same way it was in the plan when Rodgers signed the contract in Green Bay. The quarterback, I'm sure, was aware of it, how much say um, he had in it. Who knows? Um, there's all sorts of speculation, obviously, on Twitter. Um, did he come along to have a front row seat because he took a front row seat at the press conference? Was that to ensure that it actually happened? He wanted to see, given his own, you know, Tom, Tom likes asterisks besides everything. He had it with his own retirement. Maybe he wanted to ensure that wasn't there with um, BA as the, the head coach. I'm, you know, the, the most important thing I think is what BA has done for the game. Um, BA has done more in terms of ensuring their, uh, that people get opportunities that they deserve, um, where it doesn't matter um, the color of their skin, it doesn't matter their, their gender. He has been a driving force in terms of giving people opportunities wherever he has been, and uh, kudos to him. And he he has done a lot more than um, many of the multi-billionaire owners. So that is a legacy that he will take with him. And it's good to see him get a ring before he heads off into the sunset. Todd Bowles, deserving of a chance, guy who did really well with the the Jets and uh, intrigued to see, I suppose, what um, he will do as a head coach the second time around. There are a number of those uh, in the league now, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders, and now we get to see Bowles. But uh, I, you do, I suppose, um, you, you there, there will be the intrigue around the input of um, Thomas Edward Brady and uh, how it how it plays out. But look, the the Bucks, you know, they they'll have to beat themselves in order to lose out on that divisional crown. So it should be, uh, you know, to, he'll have plenty of time to find his feet. I think. Brian, is this whole situation with Tampa Bay like PSG playing in Liga at the minute? It doesn't really matter who's in charge or what. What's, what's um, your? I'm I'm not sure on that. I do think Todd Bowles deserves another opportunity to be a head coach in the league. And uh, the first year with the Jets, he was ten and six, and that's all forgotten because of the second year was so bad. But bear in mind, uh, Hackenberg was given to him as a second round pick in the next draft by uh, McCagnan, so he was on a hiding to nothing as the head coach. Then I think he similar to what Josh McDaniels has done in, in with the Raiders. It looks like he's learned because he's gone very aggressive in terms of blowing instead of blowing things up. So I think. I think he's got a great team there. And like what what was said today was he's handing it over. He's handing over a great team. I do find it unusual how this has come about. And um, I do agree with Colin. I mean, BA is deserving of all the accolades he got today at the press conference. One of the most diverse head coaches in the league. But only three weeks ago, I was watching him on NFL Network at the Combine, and he was really aggressive in terms of the manner of putting the team together for next season. Bad business sense. You know, when it was quoted about Tom Brady coming back and being traded, he looked like he was very keen to be head coach this year. So I found it. A little bit surprising that the timing of it, you know, bearing in mind we've just gone past free agents that he's moved on. So, but for the books, 
we discussed on previous shows. I mean, realistically, there's only three or four teams within the, the NFC that for me will be challenging for the Super Bowl. And that division is weak. So they have a great opportunity. I think Todd Bowles is the right man to take it because he does have head coaching experience as opposed to Byron Leftwich, because that's come out today. Why was he selected ahead of him? But good move. And um Brady will be happy in a way because there was still a lot of talk that was he wasn't the offensive coordinator, he was meddling in the offense at certain times during his two years there. And did, that did not go down well with Mr. Brady. So, look, all things will play out as, as the months go on. Mark, as weak as a pint of Rockshore. Uh, I want to bring this in because I meant to say it to our guest, uh, Tom of the Bucks, Rob Gronkowski hasn't done anything uh, over the last few, hasn't hasn't decided anything. He's almost dancing on TikTok as much as Juju Smith-Schuster. So I wanted to get that into the show. What was your thoughts? Because as a, as a man that works late, I, I was very disappointed this morning or on, on Thursday morning to see that you hadn't realized and tweeted out the news whenever we were all sleeping. So did, did, well, did you see the news live or I didn't know I did I did see it. I was kind of like sorry what? Um what what happened there? I mean in many respects you've got to applaud the Bucks. It's been handled pretty well. It was kept a lid on. They have the proper succession of power to a really, really talented assistant uh coach there. Um much in the same way the Jets screwed it up in the parcels to Belichick handover. And many, many franchises usually mess this up entirely. I think that's a credit to the Bucs as an organization, but I think it's more a credit to BA as an individual. Like, I mean, he really does respect. You think about his uh, speech when they won the Lombardi. So I did nothing. This is all down to you guys. Even his speech in his press conference claiming that he was not to, to, to you know, responsible for much. It was all due to the work of his other coaches. Um, that's the humbleness of him. And the career he's had, obviously, as an O coordinator for many, many years in the league, retiring, unretiring, you know, given a great shot as head coach at the Bucks, getting Tom Brady in, all of that journey and that story, um, uh, great for him. I suppose he's he's not retiring; he's moving into a role a la Parcells. We'll see how that dynamic will work. But it's also great to see Bowles getting the opportunity. It's not that long ago we we're all talking about the lack of diversity in the league, pointing to the Bucks and their assistant head coaches as to what, you know, their OC and DC, why aren't they getting the shots? Why aren't they getting the interviews? And it's like the Bucks have said, well, if no one else is going to take them, we'll set ourselves up for the next while with one of the best uh, coordinators in the league and give him, as Brian and Colm alluded to, that second shot. Um, it makes sense. We will see how it all plays out. Obviously, it looks like you've got a quarterback who – May retire again. Maybe he's going to do another Brett Favre and retire and unretire. And Colin, it's not Thomas Edward Brady. It's Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Of all the names to leave out, the Patrick bit is the most important. That's the cavern in it. Michael, uh, you're talking about the breaking news being during the night, which was which was great for, for us. Um, I actually did happen to see it as it broke uh, because it was my birthday during the week. And unfortunately, when you hit your mid-40s, you'll find yourself going to the toilet a number of times during the night. So I happened to actually literally pick up the phone as the news broke and i was going to retweet it out from the show's page but i went back to sleep right happy 50th from every one of us and i know dublin got you a good present in clona third the weekend if i was so 50 well i'd be retired not, not there yet michael i mean we haven't given due credit to dublin for their achievement in relegation so <laughs> we, we should imagine the nfl relegation um so the next topic here, this is great. This is all happening when we're recording, lads. Uh, the Rams are getting Bobby Wagner, five-year, $50 million contract. It can be up, up, 
We're up to $65 million. I tell you what, Celtic Tiger in LA. What's going on? Who's balancing the books? We, could get, we, we, we might have to get Nama involved here, boys. Uh, it just brings me back to, to Louis Walsh and, and Wagner. Bobby Wagner. It is, it's Wagner, Louis. It's going to be Wagner in LA. Colin, um, can we have some of this magic money tree and go back to Ozevan or what, what, what the hell's going on? How are they affording this? Well, they've lost some big name players in terms of Vaughn has gone to the Bills and there's a few other contracts that have expired. The The way in which it is all organized and the way in which money moves around, you can make anything happen. We all remember the, the Chiefs last year. I see some Chiefs fans on Twitter going, how are the Rams doing this? Well, we saw Veach do it last year. Um, we saw the Browns do it for uh, <clears throat> unscrupulous reasons with Sean Watson's contract if um, he were to be suspended, um, that he wouldn't have to take such a hit. So all things can be done when you have um, a general manager uh, like Les Snead with his capabilities and that so to me as well the headline we get to see the headline figure when it initially comes out the devil is always in the detail with these things so let let's see when we actually get the full details what exactly it looks like but um Bobby Wagner is one of the outstanding linebackers of his uh, generation, um, a real generational talent. He wants to, to stay in the division. Um, I can't imagine the Seahawks are delighted with that. So, yeah, interested to see what he can do. Again, not only does he bring um, his playing ability, but he's a leader on d- defense, and the Rams needed that given some of the guys that they lost. Yeah, my first thought when I saw the deal was uh, for Seattle because, you know, during the week he'd gone and visited the Ravens, and I think Seattle would have been quietly thinking to themselves, great, he's gone over there, he's gone to the AFC, away from us, and law of averages we only get to see him once every four years. Now they're going to see him twice a year. So it's going to be doubly difficult because the more impact he he has for for the Rams team, it's negative on the Seattle. And then when he plays against them, the fans are going to be seeing the player that they've let go. And, you know, we're going to see one time this year where Russell Wilson goes back in to Seattle. So there'll be a lot of Seattle fans this year thinking what could have been with those players if if they stayed around. But the rebuild is on. Great deal for him. Great opportunity. Again, to the point, he's going to be going to a team that's going to be challenging potentially to go back back to back Super Bowls. Great opportunity. Again, the contract seems a bit staggering. Bear in mind and we, we, it's been said in our in our interview this evening, bear in mind that these players at this stage after being away for three or four weeks after the craziness of the initial period of free agency, don't tend to get the, these type of deals. It's usually a one year, two year deal. But um we'll see how much of that actual contract he'll play out because Fall Miller's on something similar. Yeah. I was I'm gonna say like the boys said it's probably not a real deal. It's probably not he's gonna see all five and Von's not, not gonna see all six. But look, great stuff for him. Uh great deal for the Rams necessarily, obviously, to shore up a linebacker position that really, you know, wasn't a dynamic threat as part of their Super Bowl run. In fact, it was an area that people said could potentially be exploited. And Wagner has been at the top of his game for a long, long time. And look, it's again more madden madness it's more mad money going around the place it kind of feels like christmas going around but 
Colin makes the absolute right point. Let's see the actual breakdown. Let's see what the guarantees look like. Guaranteed money, not the top line figure. The agent gets to go with his big headline item, but let's see how the structure plays out. Let's see how much flexibility the Rams have left themselves. We know they have a, a different path than most of the teams and how they construct their uh, roster setup and their view on the value of draft, well, high draft picks and the way in which they build their roster construction and their obviously financial planning. So it's worked out very well for them, Super Bowl champions, so you can't criticize. I, I must say though, Michael, I do love tonight already. Liga, the X factor from 10 years ago, and National League relegation. For all our fans looking at this from the US, even in the UK, other than the X factor reference, they're probably going, what the hell is going on tonight? So, <laughs> It's it's Here. definitely Irish. It's definitely the Irish NFL show tonight. Good crack and Clonus on Sunday, and Wagner was robbed. Um, next topic: playoff overtime rules. Here are the new rules. Obviously, the owners had a great grip of the crack in Florida this week. We had loads of people boys visiting our website from Palm Springs in Florida. Genuinely, this week. So I don't know if, if maybe Jerry Jones was checking this out or whatever. But uh, both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason, not the regular season postseason if the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball the next score wins if the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession that team that kicked off is the winner colin people would have said never 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 but uh, it looks like it's happening now it's it's a big moment and i bet you any money first wild card game boom it's gonna happen well, what it means is that teams are going to want to kick kick it away first to see what exactly they have to do, I think, um, because you don't want to put yourself in a position uh, where, you know, you decide to, to go for two and then all the other team has to do is end up um, kicking the, the extra point if you don't get it. So, look, these things evolve and change and um, we we will see how it plays out, I I know that the owners, obviously, the the the, the Mara taunting rule, they were highlighting what a great success the owners felt that was. They were absolutely delighted to, to see that. I will say it was interesting. Some owners, um, conspicuous by um, their relative um, quiet uh, this week, we didn't hear much from one Jerry Jones, who's usually in front of the microphone, um, and Stephen Ross, um, very, very quiet. The Dolphins have made all sorts of moves, but I didn't see Stephen Ross say anything. So I was a little surprised maybe that, you know, some some came to the fore, some didn't. Um, but look, I I think for, for fans, is it going to be perfect? No. But do we want to see both teams get possession of the ball? Yes. I don't like it. I well, I, I yeah, tell you, I, I don't like the, I don't like why it's playoff only. Um, if you're going to do it, do it for the entirety of the season. And I read all the stuff during the week. Oh, that means games are going to go on for longer, and you're going to have situations where games are overlapping. You're going into the the, the nine o'clock games for us, and the the risk of injuries. And that's, I don't buy that because they put an extra week on the season, and they're already talking about week eighteen now as the next thing in terms of the bargaining agreement. So you can't say one thing and then it's a different story for the other. If they're going to do it for this, if they're going to do it, do it for the course of the season. Don't just do it for playoff football. Mark, are you, are you are you leaving us? Because I I wanted to get your opinion, not just on overtime, but also one of Brian's super players retiring this week, Malcolm Jenkins. If you wanted to maybe. Oh no, I won't. I, I'll, I'll leave Brian to to give you all the his love for Malcolm Jenkins. I would say, but um, on the overtime rules, Brian, they're already different. 
the overtime rules in playoffs are already different from the regular season. So saying they should all be the same is actually yeah, logical. Yeah, what am I missing? In the tie, you can't have a tie in the postseason. So there's oh, no differentiation. There is no reason why uh, they're, 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 the owners are wrong to have a different approach. I'll be frank. I don't like it for a slightly different reason. I actually love the drama of the Bills-Chiefs game. I love the drama of the Patriots-Chiefs game a few years previously. I actually like the way it ends that way. Um, now game theory, a little bit of analysis comes into it, and you're going to have people moaning in due course. You're going to have this, oh, it's too much like college football. Oh, this team went for it on two, and they strategically shouldn't have done this. I mean, yes, you can say there's more planning, but at the end of the day, when it gets to that heartbreak and that importance, um, I, I think the drama of it finishing in one great play or one you know, dramatic play is, is more relevant. And we've already tweaked it to allow people to at least possess the ball once. It's, you know, I, I don't know. It's just too much. I mean, scoring a touchdown to win the game, you should. Like, frankly, you should. You should be able to walk off and enjoy that. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of whether it's the Minnesota Miracle, whether it's, you know, whether it, which I know was in regular time, but whether how you win the game, how you close it out, that's... Yeah, there's an elegance yeah. to it all. I just can I, make, can I make another point on this, right? So they're saying they said, um, say for example, you're playing week five, week six, right? And the game shouldn't be going to an overtime with the new rule because you know the longer the game goes on, and then obviously these players have played for another 11, 12 weeks of the season. But then in the playoffs, they're going to be they're going off playing 17 weeks in the season, and whoever wins has to play the following potentially has to play the following Saturday on playoff football. So it just doesn't wash. It's either it should be one rule, do it for the course of the season. End of. I think they should play an hour 15 minutes. I think go full NBA, what they do. Do the GA do, play extra time, do what soccer does, play extra time. Look, I love the way, though, that we're making decisions. You know, people talk about different controversial opinions, like overtime, splitting counties in two, you know, different things in sport. And it's good that we've agreed on something and we can at least talk about it. Mark, are you staying on for five minutes? Yeah. It's, he, he's gone. He's gone. Okay, Mark. Okay. okay. Got to love you and leave you, gents. Got to love you and leave you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take it easy, man, guys. Keep her lit. Keep her lit. Um, AOB, while we're at it, boys, before we get our guest on, I'm going to start off, if you don't mind. Owners' meetings um, this week. There's two things I want to talk about. The first one is the, for some reason, the Denver Broncos are flowing the idea of going London out on social media from their GM, their head coach, the guy who technically owns the team or is in charge of team affairs at the minute. I don't know why they're doing that. It's very, very random. Uh, it's just very, very strange if they're going to play in London or not. Um, and I can see why they would do it. I can see why LFL UK would want that to happen. But over like New York, Brian, I don't know. Maybe you want to weigh in this in a second. And obviously, Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints and Eagles fans that are watching or listening to this show retires this season after a 13-year career in the NFL. And I'm loving, boys, how these, these lads are now choosing to retire like on, a, on their own podcast or on a video where they have their own say and they're not like giving it the chef for the tweet out so uh, that's my aob it's been good crack uh, i'll let you go next call um well maybe maybe brian should go or, or maybe we'll come back to to the london thing in a minute what i would say my aob is in a week where we saw one um 
John McLean retire, um, Bruce Willis uh, taking a step back from public life um, because of health concerns. Uh, another John McLean, the NFL's uh, long-standing reporter down in Houston, 47 years reporting on uh, Houston football, a very famous face, I think, across the, the league. He officially retired this week. And uh, we were talking earlier about Thing, keeping things under wraps and then it just breaking. He announced this morning, um, or on Thursday morning, we recorded this on Thursday. He announced on Thursday that today was his last day. What a what a way to to go out! And uh, he's broken kind of all the the big stories. He's been part of the craziness that has gone on in Houston. Obviously, the team leaving, the team coming back, and the the most in a in a league that features bizarre ownership situations my own team included in that um the houston texans um rival only the washington commanders for the shenanigans that we have seen in the front office he has had a wonderful and varied career and uh, wish him well in his retirement i think it's really good news that the broncos are, are participating in this Please send me to London. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being trying to be funny because, like, the Giants are lobbying to go. They're obviously not being as they've spoken as, as the Broncos have been in terms of what they put out there in social media and the interviews. And the Cowboys, by all accounts, are in the same position. They're also lobbying to go over there because they're both playing the Jags and obviously the Giants play the Packers as well. But I, I think it's a positive for us, for fans this side of the world, because years ago when the games, in, you know, initiated the first game in London in 2008. Um, 2007, 2007, eight season, and then from there on, there was teams that were reluctant to go, and they were picked to go. Now, we, what we're seeing is teams are putting themselves forward, and the fact that the Packers are coming finally after so many years. Oh, so I actually think this is a good thing. And whoever they pick, we know we're in for a great game. So, yes, from from a selfish point of view, I hope it's, I hope to see my own team. Use are the same for the Broncos, but for as a fan, I don't think we can argue and to see the teams being so outspoken this week coming out saying they want to be over here playing games. I think it can only benefit everybody in the long run. Big shout out, uh, of course, to our amigo Ruben from Zona Gigantes for that scoop on the Giants. I know if it's the Giants or the Broncos, we'll, we'll try and do a show. Brian can wear his big blue hat or his big orange hat, depending on the... I'm just putting pressure on everyone now. Lads, uh, good crack. Obviously, half, and, half and half, Michael. Half and half, yeah, why not? Uh, obviously, we're presented by Trust Gaming, Mini Arcade Systems, and also the Erlingus College Football Classic Ticket School and Sale, single game ticket school and sale for that Nebraska Northwestern game on April the 29th, like literally the morning after the draft. 